listening to It's Complicated with your hosts, Jennifer Golden and Lauren Leonelli. Hello, Master Daters. Welcome back for another episode of It's Complicated. The struggle is real when you're dating in the city. I'm Jen, and I'm not Jen. Nope. Nope. Still not. We are the same people we always are and are not every week. (laughs) That was good. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Guys, it's good because we're your resident best friends. Here to knock over water bottles, spill drinks, and help you along your relationship journey. That's right. Think of us as your very own fun fairies, bringing joy to the process of dating and relationships and sprinkling love dust all over the damn place because it takes a village to date and we're your community. Exactly. We bring you the show weekly with our stories, tips, and expert guests to help you navigate the complicated world of dating. So please help us in the podcast world by doing your part and rating and leaving comments about, you know, what you think about our show. Yep. And if you want to leave those comments about what you think about our show, you can find us at It's Complicated Podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to tell a friend. Please share. It's so helpful because it shows that we have a loyal and growing audience. It helps us bring you offers on great products and it keeps the lights on for us to keep running the show and contributing to the village. Mm-hmm. And today in our village, we have actor, host, and filmmaker Yuval David in for his advice as to how you should date like it's your side job, how to attract the right people and intimidate the wrong people, how to expedite the dating process with a completed dating profile, and how to create an open and brave space for a romantic partner. You guys, Yuval is a New York-based Israeli-American out gay actor. You might have seen him on, I don't know, around 100 episodes of What Would You Do, as well as CBS's Madam Secretary, The Michael J. Fox Show, and a very exciting and upcoming HBO miniseries, The Plot Against America with Renona Ryder. And Yuval is also an advocate, speaker, and award-winning filmmaker. He is heavily involved in humanitarian and advocacy work, devoting his time to organizations such as the Israeli Consulate, Jewish National Fund, Stand With Us, A Wider Bridge, GLAD, G-L-S-E-N, the National LGBTQ Task Force, the Kennedy Center, and more. He is a busy boy. Most recently, Yuval hosted Israeli's 70th anniversary celebration in front of 30,000 people in Times Square and millions at home. Oh my God, I'm sweating just thinking about that. That is major. Yeah. So, you know, his connection to Israel also comes from um, a lineage that includes his mother, internationally renowned dancer and choreographer Ziva Cohen, and Victor Cohen, an expert aerospace engineer. I mean, his grandparents, who are Holocaust survivors, were also influential in the creation of Israel. So, like, again, very connected you to can Israel. You see where he is connected to that and still fighting for you know, everything he believes in Mm -hmm. as you know, he should, and is doing a great job and using his voice for good. And he creates content specifically that uplifts, entertains, and inspires, including his web series, better world, one actor short, what makes you beautiful and pranks of kindness, all of which support positive messages, whether it's asking people on the street about what they do to make the world a better place or what makes them beautiful. And today he's actually going to help us make relationships a better place. That's right. You can see Yuval featured in USA Today's Pride series. 
in a new Huffington Post BuzzFeed series about people using their platforms for social good and on the cover of Get Out Magazine's upcoming Pride issue. He is all over the place. In fact, he recently got married and appeared in a flash mob video with his current husband proposing to him. How freaking cool. So cute. It's so cool. It became a viral sensation, garnering millions of views and headlines in international news outlets, guys. I mean, big. We're going to talk about, about that more, but it's like so cute. And I may or may not have cried. I did cry. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> uh, we're keeping it complicated in our complicated world. Whether you're single, dating, engaged, divorced, whatever, it is always complicated, guys. Oh, yes. And it has been for me. I mean, I guess that's not true. Let me start by saying this. I went on a date last Wednesday and it went well, but then I realized very quickly while I was on the date that he was not ready for a relationship just due to his like history that he was sharing with me. And I was like, oh man, I'm good at spotting red flags at this point. And my like alert went off. What I were, was like, God. Really quick, what were some of those red, like what was a red flag? Like a, like a general red flag that you went like, oh, ding, ding, ding. Um, we went from one relationship right into another and didn't really process the one that was the first one of the two. And it was like, the oh, so then he was already working from a deficit, like two times right. over. Exactly. And like, I was just curious as to why, like, he's not really sort of figuring out his patterns or like taking yeah. time for him, like himself. And like, he only broke up with this last girl, like a couple months ago. And like, he's already dating again. And I don't know. It all just sounded a little fishy, especially for his age. Uh -huh. I was like, by now you should sort of be on a different playing field when it comes to this stuff. Um, and you should know yourself and have addressed these issues. But anywho, what I really appreciated was only a couple days later, we were supposed to see each other again. And he called me to cancel because he said he wasn't ready to date and had to work on all of this stuff. So, so you called it. I called it and I was really happy with how he handled it. And if he's listening, good job yes. because you did it, you did it right. And you didn't waste my time. You nipped it in the bud. You did it like a gentleman. And it's, I think how we all need to treat each other and spread positive vibes, whether it's together or apart, you just got to treat each other with respect. Yes. And so I also actually went out on a date last night, which went well. And I have a date tomorrow night with that same guy. I love that. I know, onward and upward. Um, but something came to my attention this weekend while I was ruminating over this relation, uh, this uh, date that I went on last week and like how it wasn't a success. I was complaining to a girlfriend, I guess, like complaining is probably the wrong word, but I was expressing my- dis Or venting, whatever. Sure. It's fine. I was sharing my feelings about this situation as, you know, it's it's- sort of not changing. It, it's like a very depressing and demotivating pattern or uh, cycle that some single people are in where like you get your hopes up, you go out, it doesn't work out, you start again and you mm. like are back to square one. And you're like, why is this freaking endless game of musical chairs happening to me? Yeah. I thought by now I'd be in a different place and I'm really shocked. And then also like hanging out with those people that are like married or like having babies and are obviously in a different phase of their lives is kind of frustrating as well. You're not going to stop being friends with your friends because they have a different path than you, Yeah. but it is kind of hard. And then when they offer you advice that is not helpful at all and very hallmarky and like kind of counterintuitive to advice at all, it's just like more frustrating because you're like, okay, well, so not only do I not have a relationship like you do, but I also cannot open up to you anymore because we are so on different planes that you don't even like, know what you're saying and it's not helping. Like from their perspective, it was like not helpful. Like their advice, you just felt like they were like phoning it in. It was like, 
saying really cliched things that like, first of all, you know me really well. You know what I put into this. I talk about it weekly on a freaking podcast and I tell you all my feelings and things every time. So to say like a blanket statement of like, well, it's just not your time right now. Or like, of course you're going to find someone or maybe you should take some time off. Or have you spoken to your therapist lately? I'm like, cool, all the things, cool things that aren't helpful or moving the needle. Right. So I have my own take on the advice I would give to friends of people that feel this way or people in each other's lives, but we'll later get to what you've all thinks and have a conversation about yeah. it because we yeah. got to put an end to these people with their bad advice. Yeah. Uh, which one I hear you? you. I went to Santa Barbara for the weekend for a friend's birthday and it was just kind of a reminder. It happens to me often, but I wanted to just take note of the reminder of about how great James is with everyone. We were basically like in a group of people that he didn't really know all that well. And like, we're just general acquaintances and he's just like fits in and he's polite and he's fun and he's friendly. And like, you could leave him in a room and he doesn't like won't do or say anything where you're like, Oh shit. What do I need to go in there and check? See, all right. Like he's social enough on his own, but he's not going to like embarrass himself anyway, whatever. It's just a reminder that I feel, well, that works for me. That might not work for somebody else, but that works for me. And so it feels like I found a really good guy and like people usually attach to him like, Oh, that like, he's so great. Not that I mean, listen, you can come off great and like not really be great. I dated a guy that was like very social and fun, but like behind closed doors was like kind of a mess. So you can come off that way and and be weird. But I think he's a solid, good guy. And it just kind of reminds me that I think that he is a good guy. And so it's kind of nice to like go on these things and feel safe and, you know, and then we went to um, Solvang on the way home and we ate breakfast and drank mimosas and got Abel Stevers. Do you know what those are? Because they're little yep. donuts. Sure do. And it laughed so hard I almost peed. What were you laughing <laughs> about? He, James was walking and he's like, oh my God, I think I just- I think I just shit myself. And I thought it was hysterical because potty humor always makes me laugh. And I literally fell on the ground and solving, like on the ground, on my knees, like on the sidewalk and was like, I'm going to pee my pants. Don't. And he just like kept saying shit that was making me laugh even harder. And I seriously thought I almost peed my pants. It was really funny. Well, the two of you and your bodily functions. I mean, he makes me laugh with shit like that. So anyway. Well, that's great that you guys are... You have all of the fun. You make each other laugh. Yeah. And like that he is such a great guy and you appreciate that. Like yeah. sometimes people will take each other for granted in relationships yeah. or get bored or like stagnant and you guys like still have fun. All I the think time. it's just important to point out those times because also like I've complained about things to you about him. And so if you're going to point those things out, which are normal, hello, it's not like, oh my God, we're so perfect all the time. I mean, that's not realistic. And it's obviously we're good enough that it works and everything's great. It's just that, yes, it comes with things that annoy me sometimes. And so like, if I'm going to tell you, Jen, or one of my girlfriends, like, oh my God, I'm so, what do I do? I'm so annoyed about this thing. I also feel like it's important to point out like little things like that. Don't glaze over them because those are good things too. Yeah. I think it's balanced. Like yeah. people, I think need to close the loop on both sides of things. Also, by the way, just random pointer. If you're fighting with somebody, you tell your fight to your friends or your family members, and then you resolve it, you need to circle back and close the loop. <laughs> yeah, because otherwise then your friends are like, so confused. What happened? Right. Where do we stand? Yeah. Are we still together? Are we broken up? Are we mad? Did we yeah. figure it out? Yeah. Help. Yeah. Anywho, that's just a whole random aside. But guys, 
You may have seen him on the social experiment show, What Would You Do? And you can watch what he did during his viral marriage proposal. Welcome to the show, Yuval. Hi, Yuval. Thank you. Thank you so much. Wow. It's an honor to be here with both of you, Jen and Lauren, or Jen and not Jen. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> exactly. Uh, you can call me whatever you'd like. Exactly. Really? Wait, how are we PG, R, G? R, whatever the fuck you want. How about that? Wow. All right. F-bombs. I mean, I, I've been uh, doing so much mainstream content with uh, shows on ABC, NBC, HBO, blah, 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 all these networks. So I, I don't often get to drop the F-bomb. Well, listen. This, safe space here for you. It's a safe you. open space for you. It's a safe fucking space here? Is that what you're telling me? Well, I, I do live in New York, so I say fuck on the street, and, and Lord knows I hear it a lot. Um, but that comes with the territory of living in New York City, I guess. We would not want to change it. You do not have to hold back here. You can let it all out. Yes. And please, all right. because we, apparently we know that you have a knack for giving really good advice. So I, take your brain on all things dating and relationships, and we want to ask you what would you do first things first what makes you so good at giving advice gosh what gives me good at giving advice i'd say first of all i have received a lot of good advice uh so that's number one but i think just listening uh i within my film productions i talk about audio a lot how important it is to hear and the cliche expression that i came up with was ears don't blink right? Our eyes can blink. We don't always see, but we always hear. That is, unless we're hearing impaired, and that's a different story. Uh, so to listen to who you're with, not only what they're saying as to what the words are that they're actually saying, but, but what, what you feel that they mean. Because many times when people are in intense situations, if they're angry or sad or depressed or exhausted or hungry, the words that are coming out of their mouth don't necessarily relate to exactly how they're feeling. So by listening, it's by listening to the energy that you're receiving as well. That makes sense. I think it's also about to, it sounds like you are probably really open. And I think that having an open mind is part of listening too, because you have to be a little bit subjective sometimes and like, it's hard not to give advice and like attach your own feelings of your own life just because obviously that's what you're extracting things from. But if you have like an open mind and you're really listening as subjectively as possible, I think that's when you can really pay attention to the energy and the texture of what someone's saying and sort of try to gauge what kind of advice, not that you would really tailor it necessarily, you're going to be honest, but give the kind of advice you think is appropriate for what they're like searching for, you know? Yeah, well, you know, people have told me a lot that I'm the type of guy or type of person who can change the energy of a room, who comes into a room with my joy and with my good energy, and I can completely change the energy of the room. And I've, I've received comments or compliments like that quite a lot. But my response is always the same, that all of us have that power. We all have that power to, to share the energy and to make our world or the world we share uh, to make it something great, to make it something better. I mean, so many people are seeking something outside of them, whether it's beauty or love or happiness or whatever it might be. 
But if we don't have it within us, we'll never find it outside of us. So to be able to change the energy of the room or to be able to change somebody's mindset really comes from you and how you approach them and how you see them. I mean, I feel like that's just a great skill to even have on a date. Like you never know sometimes what you're going to face. People obviously <laughs> yeah. come from work or they come from, you know, the night before they had a bad date and now they're like kind of jaded or maybe they're super excited and coming on too strong. And there's like just such a variety of things you could face when you're meeting somebody, at least for the first or couple of times where you don't really know them and can't read them necessarily. Like how can somebody change the energy in the room if they don't even really know the person yet? Yeah, I, I think that goes back to listening. You know, we have we we constantly try to understand somebody and we or understand what is in front of us. We do so with the limited amount of information that we receive. So then we're creating what sometimes is a false narrative, uh, hashtag fake news. <laughs> um, you know, but it's like so. Why not listen to the person and and a addressed it. One of the great things when responding to somebody, I think is saying, I feel that you're saying this, or like, I'm sensing this vibe from you. Tell me if it's right. Things like that. And just to turn something playful. Yeah, uh, yeah like, very disarming. Yeah. Instead of just accusing like somebody, you're doing this or you're making me feel this way to say, I feel like this is what you're saying or what you're whatever it's a little less, it's a little more gentle and gives an open space for them to like feel okay to talk without feeling defensive. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you, you mentioned negativity or, or it's not, I think that that same rule applies to not only the negative situations, but the positive ones as well. I mean, regarding the negative side, if you're if you're seeking out the red flags, as you mentioned earlier, because I was listening to what you were saying, if you're hunting out red flags and seeking out the negative aspects of people, you'll find that negativity. So in turn, if you choose positivity, if you seek those, I don't know, what's the opposite of a red flag? A green flag? A white one? Surrender. But that's surrender. No. Like, what is game on? Like, red means... To me, a red flag would mean stop. A green flag? I don't know. Yeah, I think, well, now I'm thinking of surfing. So like when you're at the beach and there's a red flag or a black flag, you don't go in the water. I think it's a green flag means like. It's on. Proceed. Yeah, it's on. <laughs> so let's say, let's go with green flag. Um, but you know, you're right. You have no clue what is going through that person's mind. You don't know where they were a moment or however many moments before. Uh, I, I, I think playing, playing it, that uh, communication or that situation as a spin doctor, if you're sensing the negative energy, something that's really fun to do is to play the game. See, like, if I smile or if I wink or if I play with my hair or with the glass in front of me or if I keep talking about positive things. Can I turn this into a positive place? And like, that's a very fun thing for me to do. You mentioned like this mantra that I have when you were talking about some of my work, which is to entertain, uplift and inspire. I mean, I do that for myself every, every day. I, I need it in order to thrive in this world that's filled with so much intensity and negativity and, 
and people who are going through challenging situations and my own challenging situations. So I try to focus on that positivity as much as possible. So when we encounter those challenging situations, why not try to go for that positive approach? Um, I have a friend who's a very religious Catholic and she says, what would Jesus do? Like uh, almost every conversation. Uh, and finally I told her that what I respond to, not only because I'm Jewish, but just because of maybe I'm a humanist is what would love do? And when you take that moment to breathe and let whatever it is that's happening in front of you sink in and say, okay, I feel challenged by this. What would love do? How can I respond with love and understanding and kindness? And then it makes the challenging situation so much more uh, easy to deal with. That's a good point. For that perspective is a really smart way to enter most things in life, anything in life, especially dating, even if you're already in a great mood and excited about it, or if you're feeling sort of like the wind has been taken out of your sails, you know the ultimate goal is to get to a place where you're really loving yourself and you're really loving your partner. So it, to start with that perspective would just put you on that traje trajectory. And I think it's important to like start from the place that you want to go or try oh, yeah. the place you want to go. So then as, so you mentioned like, you know, in your scope of work, you're an actor and you like have to analyze characters for a role and you think you're like, I'm sure a pretty good judge of character in real life, right? Like do those skills directly transfer like how you would analyze a character to how you would analyze a potential mate? Oh, I 100%. I, I actually think it's in my epigenetics. I'm very proud of it. I, I come from uh, grandparents who are who, who were incredible Holocaust survivors and true heroes of the war. And they survived because they also were very street smart. And my parents were very street smart as well. They had the, the, the great fusion of being smart, being wise, and their intelligence. Um, so I think having that street smarts of really listening to my surroundings helps me. And then being an actor and analyzing characters I, I listen so much. I try to really explore this person who's in front of me and, uh, and see, what I can, see what I can learn and then see what I can change. I like to change people. It's another game of mine. I guess it's like a form of manipulation. By the way, I think manipulation is a great word and we're socialized to really think about it as a negative thing. Yeah. But like we manipulate everything. I mean, you know, you manipulate your coffee when you put uh, cashew milk in there. If, by the way, if you haven't had a cashew milk latte, it's delicious. Um, it's good. I've had it. So good. But you manipulate yourself when you're working out at the gym. You manipulate your, your students or your teachers or your colleagues or your children or your, your lovers or <laughs> your spouses, whatever it is. Um, so I think enjoying that power of manipulation, especially when it's connected to vulnerability. When you let the people around you touch your heart, you can respond in a real way instead of being closed off to them. And when people are vulnerable around you because they feel that you have created this safe space, then you can really get real. And that's when things get beautiful. Yeah. So did I learn all of this from being an actor? Yeah, totally. When I get to step out on a stage and cry or laugh or experience all of these different things in the name of art, of course, 
it's very cathartic. It's very real and it's a safe space. I get to do this as my career. It's really exciting and it, I, it makes me a better person. Totally awesome. And it makes you face the things also that sometimes people don't face because it's like too hard to go deep inside or like sort of analyze someone else. Like sometimes people stay on the surface level. So now let's say we're going- And who has time for that? I was like, ugh. So okay, we are, you know, trying to create a situation like dating often can feel like a job and it's annoying. And it's like, we know we must do it if we want the relationship to come at some point, but here we are. So how do we- make a point of attracting the right ones and intimidating the wrong ones and keeping them out of our energy? That's a great question. I think by giving them information, uh, because not everybody is meant for everybody else. And if you share the, the important things to you uh, or the important things about you, then somebody can see that and respond to that and either agree with it or be attracted to it or not. Uh, Many times when I give relationship and dating advice to the people in my life, whether they're friends, family, or sometimes random people, it's it's amazing how it happens. Um, I think I'm supposed to be related to Dr. Ruth or something like that. But uh, I I bring up this uh, imagery that makes sense to me. We've all seen two dogs cross each other in the street, right? If they're being walked by their people or whatever the situation is. Now, dogs in the street will, when they approach each other, they'll either immediately play, they'll immediately start fighting, they might sniff each other's butts, or they'll just completely ignore each other. And we are animals just like they are. That's part of human nature. So sometimes we encounter another person and we immediately want to play. Well, that's wonderful. Play with that person. See where that goes. Or we immediately fight. We don't vibe well. Well, listen to that and then extricate yourself from the situation because you should not stay in a fight. (laughs) Or you might sniff each other's butts. Well, wonderful. That could be a one-night stand or it could lead to something else. And if you're completely disinterested in ignoring each other, then fine, wonderful. You know, keep on moving. And you're saying just basically pay attention to the like the vibe that you're feeling that gut feeling right off the bat. Oh, totally. And what would you say then like you mentioned manipulation and like how you don't think of it as a negative uh, in a negative way and I can totally see what you're saying with that with the thing with the intimidation factor like that word I'm assuming you uh, also don't use as like a negative in a negative way too, why would intimidating like a wrong person be beneficial to finding the right one? And how do you do that? Because why do you want to waste time? I mean, time is the most valuable thing and it's always disappearing, which is so frightening. Uh, So in my last bout of dating before I met this amazing man who is my now spouse, my husband, my lover, my best friend, this amazing guy. My dating life was amazing. <laughs> I, had, I had a really good time. I learned a lot of lessons, uh, like don't go out to dinner for a first date. Oh my God, because if it's the wrong person, <laughs> now you need to eat with this person. Uh, so coffee uh, or, or wine or cocktails, 
great idea or, you know, hiking Runyon Canyon or whatever it might be for those of you in LA. Um, but I, I realized that the more information I put on my dating profiles, the more I would attract the right people and not attract the wrong people. And eventually I wrote this like long article on OKCupid and Match com were the two uh, sites that I was using and it my profile truly became an article I didn't say I'm Yuval David you can see me on television here here and here it it was this is the type of person I am these are the types of people I like to be around uh, this is how I live my life and how I wish to continue living my life and these are my goals in life I, and I spoke about being very family oriented, being a, a family man. I, I spoke about uh, religion, being Jewish, that I wanted to be with somebody who's Jewish or somebody who just really is interested and appreciates Judaism, right? So the person doesn't have to be Jewish. I wrote uh, about sex, <laughs> you know, how important sex is. I wrote that I, I work hard and that I'm dedicated and that I have very high goals and I love setting goals and trying to achieve them. And then if I, if once I achieve them, I'll set new goals. Or if I don't achieve them, I might redirect and make new goals. Like I wrote all of these things about everything. I mean, I even wrote about finances. Like I worked really hard to get to where I am today and I respect it and appreciate it. And I wrote that I wanted to be with somebody who, um, who just is was financially stable or en route to becoming financially stable for whatever that meant. I, and I even wrote, it could mean being somebody working in the entertainment industry, owning a network, being a, a fence painter, being a school teacher, being, being, you know, like I wrote, like it could mean anything. So yeah, whatever it looked like for the other person. Yeah. You know, when you're with somebody who, who really enjoys their life, uh, it's a really exciting thing. For sure. And, is that how you met your husband? Through That's how I met my husband, through OkCupid. So we know it's a successful way to do it, just by really putting out there what you want. And uh, I don't you also think it's sort of the energy, like you really wanted it, so you you wrote things that you wanted, but really it was that you your intention behind writing those things was because you really wanted to find it. So someone probably appreciated that fact, in fact, your husband maybe, that you <laughs> took the time to express what you wanted and put so much thought into it because you meant it. Yeah, well, exactly. And I allowed myself to get mushy with it and to get philosophical with it and to truly express the way I approach life as this loving adventure where love is not just an emotion, it's a state of being, you know, so you are love, you think love. And being an adventure is that everything's an adventure. Like, oh my God, I woke up this morning. How amazing. Some people don't get to do that. Or I'm pursuing my goals. I might stick to my plan or I might totally have some jazz improv with it and see what happens. And so I wrote all of this stuff. And, uh, and of course, it had different manifestations and edits depending on how people responded to it until it got to its like, uh, best version. Because I had some people who were writing like, dude, you must be some giant douchebag. Uh, you're only seeking perfection. And I'm like, oh my God. Well, of course I didn't respond to that because that was just stupid and negative. Uh, but I, I, it, that made me add an element to the profile that I don't believe in perfection. I believe in striving for greatness. And 
at then at the beginning of this truly it was an article it was like ridiculous it was an article that i wrote about myself and at the beginning i wrote uh if you're not into reading this then no worries uh but if you are into reading this i really look forward to hearing from you whether you think we're a match or not um and i met these incredible people like i, I referred to them as cream of the crop but it was the cream of the crop for me of the types of people i'm into and I was dating men and women, and I did try to stay over 30. I was challenged by the people I dated who were under 30. And I was like, ugh, <laughs> this is that so much life to live. Yeah. I think, honestly, I think that what you did was you just got really specific with what you wanted, and you weren't afraid of people of like, maybe weeding people out because a lot of people are under the impression like the well i don't want to like turn someone off or i want it you want to be like you know, appealing to everybody because you want to try it's like a numbers game and you want to try and date as much as you can because there's plenty of fish in the sea and you're trying to date them all or whatever but i think that's maybe like what you mean by intimidation like if that intimidated somebody if you said i i want and expect these things for me and that intimidates someone then you can just take those people out that aren't right for you right away get really specific and find the ones that know what you are who you are what you want and don't be afraid of being judged or like passed over because it's all going to come out eventually anyway. So just, you know. Absolutely. Like why, why go through those multiple dates if you don't think it's going to work out? Now, of course, this is all coming from the perspective that, that I approached uh, with all of this is that I wanted to find a life partner. So for somebody who's dating not necessarily for a life partner, then those rules don't necessarily apply. I mean, if you just want a quick shag, then that's that's much easier to find. Oh, totally. and, just be specific about it, right? Yeah, just well, and maybe maybe don't use Match or OK Cupid. Maybe go to, you know, whatever the kids are using these days. Exactly. So now we know that you work in entertainment, and um, you know that comes with its own fair share of stresses and different projects and you keep yourself definitely busy how does your husband fit into all this do you uh, do you find time for your relationship amongst all of these projects was that a question about sexual positions oh exactly or that exactly or or that um <laughs> yes and um <laughs> i'm blushing and you can't see because i'm speaking into this microphone from new york and you're on the west coast uh well so I was, I was and am lucky enough to have fallen in love with somebody who loves passion and romance just as much as I do. And people talk about how to maintain the spark. I think that maintaining the spark in a relationship starts from the get-go. So I basically set up rules for us that became our rules, not only mine anymore, where whenever somebody uh, comes home or leaves home, the other person has to get up, give them a hug and a kiss, uh, goodbye or hello, uh, unless the other one is sleeping. <laughs> so that already- Leaving early for a movie or something to be on a set and your hours are all odd, you wanna make sure you're not just ships passing in the night and you wanna make sure- Exactly. Yeah, that, that's a great rule, I think. And, and so that already adds like this, sweetness to our our energy at home and together uh 
The other one is no phone conversation uh, can end without using the words, I love you. And sometimes uh, either one of us can be so busy and inundated with our work or whatever's happening in life that we'll end a conversation without saying, I love you. And uh, now it started as a game where the other one just calls back and doesn't say anything. We're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I got it. I love you. Sorry. Oh, so cute. I like it. You hold each other accountable. Yes. Totally. And, and you know, those two things already add intimacy and communication. Which are very important and vital to relationships. Also, you have, if you guys should definitely check out the proposal. Um, it is so cute. I'm sure people, you can find it on YouTube if you just search. Um, if you even just search for like, gay uh gay new york flash mob or gay flash mob proposal i i recently learned that it's become it's considered by multiple sites as one of the top three proposal videos online i mean oh, how crazy is that it's so cute and you can really see your guys's love and like how surprised and genuinely in love you guys are it's very cute um when he starts dancing it's so cute but oh my god so cute that video basically he was in charge of this role for you basically this project I, so now i had no clue that it was going to happen i mean we my family was in town we had all these plans um i was in the middle of rehearsals for this off-broadway show that i had a lead role in uh i I just thought, oh, this is so cool. My family's in town because my, uh, my dad, rest his soul, um, uh, said that he had to come to New York for some conference. And I even forgot that he never went to this conference. And um, yeah, it was like this. You can tell was, in the video that you are genuinely surprised. I was shocked. I mean, we walked up to this uh, dance company performing. And in New York City, we see street performances every day it's just it's a very common occurrence and there were camera people around and as an actor and host and filmmaker i, I see camera people all the time so i just assumed oh these are camera people filming this dance company and how people are responding to this dance company yeah so i yeah i mean it's, you'll have to watch the video and yeah, see it's, it's on my youtube channel now very cute. So this is one of the projects that you've been obviously a part of. However, you have so much like amazing other projects going on that you've created yourself in the last minute. Can you remind everyone where they can find all of the things you're working on and how they can keep up with everything you're doing? Well, basically, uh, it's easy to find me as Yuval David uh, across all social media, uh, Y-U-V-A-L-D-A-V-I-D. Uh, on YouTube, all of my video content uh, is curated into playlists there, including this proposal video. So that's just youtube.com slash Yuval David. Uh, it's also on Facebook slash uh, Yuval David is my Facebook page. Oh, Instagram though, somebody else got Yuval David. So I'm Yuval underscore David underscore. That's the closest thing I could get to my name. Great. All right. And we'll look forward to seeing you on the uh, HBO, HBO special. special as well. Oh, I can't wait. That was so amazing to be part of uh, the plot against America. It was really great. And with, you guys, Winona with Winona Ryder. And if you guys follow Yuval, you will, I'm sure, see when you can 
watch all of that and get all of the news on that. And thank you so much again, Yuval. It was so awesome talking to you. Great advice. And don't forget you guys to tune in next week for an all new episode where we talk about dating and relationshipy stuff with our guest, Heather Hopkins, and join the class of master daters on social media at Complicated Show. Rate, comment, tell a friend, and you can follow me at Lauren Leonelli on all the socials. You can follow me at Jennifer Golden on all the socials as well. We'll see you next week. Love you a long time. You're listening to It's Complicated with your hosts, Jennifer Golden and Lauren Leonelli. 